we're going to go into 1 Thessalonians, as, as um, Lawrence has already said, over the summer. And we chose this book. I just want to give a bit of the background to it because it's a bit of a surprising book. You see, Paul was looking for a, a report on how, how it's going. And he was a bit nervous. He hadn't heard much. The report comes back and, and there's encouragement and there's truth and things are being built. And it's, it's just like a, a real encouraging book. And so just feeling that as we've come out of COVID and, and are still sort of, you forget, it was actually quite recent history. We're still feeling some of the effects. Actually, this book of encouragement, reminding us of some of the truths in scripture of what Paul is teaching. And we just thought this is going to be a wonderful thing. So it's going to work over the summer series. Um, when we get to the summer and Christmas, we do things, uh, Advent, sorry, we do things a bit different. So we have two preachers per Sunday. And it gives us an opportunity for, yes, training, but also to hear different what God's doing in different hearts and different voices. And we've got from mid-teens up to mid-70s and everything in between. So really diverse. Uh, so we're very much looking forward to that. The first, the first two this morning are Abby and Calvin. And so I'm going to hand over to Abby Cowley now. Please welcome her up. I normally use my phone, I use a stopwatch, but it's dying, so I'm just going to write the time down, because <laughs> I don't want to use up any of Calvin's time. Right, so I'm just going to give a bit of an overview of Thessalonians before we kind of dig into stuff this morning, um, just so that you get an idea of the context um, and the time that the letter is set in. So Thessalonica, in case you didn't know, is in Greece, still there, you can go visit it if you like. Um, at the time, it was Macedonia's largest port, so really busy, really important place. Um, we first hear of Thessalonica in Luke, actually, in chapter 17, where Paul and Silas are there, and they've gone to preach and share the gospel, and many people get saved. Um, lots of Greek men and influential Macedonian women um, are saved into this uh, Bible-believing church although they didn't have the Bible then. Um, so we read it in Acts 17 that actually Paul and Silas had to escape from Thessalonica because um, the Jews particularly didn't like, and the Romans there too, didn't like them preaching Jesus as king because Caesar is king, not Jesus, thank you very much. So um, they were under massive threat. There was a huge riot that happened. They actually dragged out one of the guys who was associated with them um, and so Paul and Silas had to escape under cover of darkness from Thessalonica, um, and they went to Berea. So after all of that happened, Paul then gets um, a report from Timothy, which Dan just mentioned, um, which was really encouraging. Um, but also, you know, Paul became aware that they were suffering massive persecution. What had happened just before Paul and Silas left hasn't changed. That is still continuing um, and the believers there are massively threatened, um, and yet they're still following Jesus, and they're still putting him first, um, but they're also feeling a little bit confused about things like the return of Jesus, and how's that going to work? What does it look like? What's happening when believers are dying? All of those sorts of things. So those kinds of things are going to be covered. They are covered in Paul's letter. They will be covered over this uh, series of preachers. Um, so, yeah, and, it's, and I think one of the main things is that Paul talks a lot about Jesus coming back. Do you, do you realize he's coming back? We really forget that so often because we get caught in the drudgery of life. 
But he's coming back. He is coming back. Um, so we also hear about Thessalonica in Philippians 4, verses 15 and 16, where Paul thanks the Philippian church for their financial support um, when no other churches really were helping him at all. Um, the letter was written in about AD 50, which is um, less than two decades after Jesus' resurrection. So really early, it's probably Paul's first letter. Um, and it's written to a group of people. It's not written to one person, like 1 Timothy or Philemon. It's written to a group of people. So it's really applicable for us here, because we are a group of people. Um, so we're going to focus on verses 1 to 5. And in a bit, I'm actually going to start at the end of my notes, because of some of the things that have been shared this morning. And God basically was like, can you start at the end instead, please? So I'll do that. Um, so 1 Thessalonians verses 1 to 5. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. I was thinking the other day about whether JCC is like the Thessalonian church. Um, JCC isn't a new church like the Thessalonian church was. Um, we aren't under fierce persecution at the moment. Um, we don't live in a major city. So how are we like the Thessalonians then? Well, over the 20 years that I've been here, I've seen a group of believers whose work is motivated by faith. I knew that was going to happen. Um, whose labor is motivated by love and whose endurance is inspired by hope in Jesus Christ. We're moving, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Hence this. Um, it's been a massive privilege to be part of that. It really has. And so this morning is more of a well done. <laughs> and how can we keep doing more of the same? How can we keep doing work produced by faith, labor motivated by love, and hoping in Jesus Christ, which produces endurance? But I'm going to start at the end. <laughs> so let's jump to verse 5. In verse 5, it says, Because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. I had a look at what it says in the message, and it says, I'll read verse 4 as well. It's clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but also has put his hand on you for something special. When the message we preached came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened in you. The Holy Spirit put steel 
in your convictions. And I love that phrase, steel in your convictions. That's what the Thessalonian church needed. They were about to face massive persecution. The Holy Spirit put that there. Paul preached the gospel to them, and it didn't just go in one ear and out the other, or in one ear and stay in their brain. It went in and it permeated their whole being because of the Holy Spirit at work in them. It changed them from the inside out. They weren't just hearing the gospel and thinking that it sounded good. That wouldn't really have helped them much. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit to change every part so that they were able to endure and keep going. To keep hoping in Jesus Christ and his return. To keep their minds on things that are above, not on all of the awful things that were going on around them. They needed the Holy Spirit for that. This really is the crux of the matter, is the Holy Spirit. He makes a big difference. I know that might sound like an obvious thing to say, but the Holy Spirit makes a massive difference. He turned Peter from a Jesus denier into preaching Jesus in front of the Sanhedrin and in front of persecution and people who disagreed and hated him for that. It turned a group of believers from hiding in the upper room, feeling afraid that they were going to have what Jesus had, that they were going to be crucified too. It turned them from that into going out and speaking the truth and the love to those around them. The Holy Spirit was the difference. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We've been in lockdown at various sorts. Um, it's impacted our faith. It's impacted us gathering. It's impacted how we relate to one another. Now is the time to be filled again with the Holy Spirit so that we can go out. As Matt was saying before, when God pours out his Holy Spirit, it cannot be contained it cannot be contained. This is the difference. The Holy Spirit. We need God's Holy Spirit in us to be able to endure, to be able to walk by faith, to be able to lift our eyes and look to Jesus and remind ourselves that he's coming again. That this isn't it. This isn't everything. When we get to heaven, when we're living on the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, with God. God will be with us. He's coming to us forever. This will feel a bit like a dream. This isn't the real thing. That is. That's what will be tangible. That will go beyond our five senses. And we need his Holy Spirit to, to know that, to be aware of that, so that we can share that hope that we have with the people out there who think this is it who are feeling so afraid right now as they literally watch the world burn. So afraid. And we've got the Holy Spirit who can bring such hope in Jesus, such power to put steel in our convictions, to put steel in the convictions of those who will hear the gospel from us and bring them here, build his kingdom, for them to go out and reach more people. It's his Holy Spirit that makes the difference. 
<laughs> Where were we? What time is it? Two minutes past. I might, do you know what? I'm just going to leave it there. I'll just quickly run through. If you want to read the passage again when you get home, just quickly note these things down. So in verse 1, um, he's just talking to a group of people. Um, remember that we are one body. Yes, we're many parts, but we, we focus more on that than the fact that we're one body. We're one body. Thank God for each other. That's what Paul does in verse 2. Thank God for one another. Say it to each other. I'm so thankful for you. Thank God for one another. In verse 3, he's uh, talking about, he's encouraging them. He's coming alongside the Thessalonians as they run their race, a picture that Paul uses so often for the Christian life. Encourage one another. Say it. Speak it. (laughs) Don't just think it about someone. Say it to them. And remind one another that we are loved and chosen by God. Everyone in this room is here today because they have been chosen by God. And so therefore we can be thankful for one another because God's chosen us all to be here. And if God's chosen us, then we can be thankful for that. Amen. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.